Welcome to another episode. To truly understand a culture is to be totally immersed in that culture, I suppose. Not at all unlike the process of like uh, truly learning a language uh, with all its nuances and subtle words and definitions, idioms, and so forth. It's much the same way with cultures in that sense. And this is absolutely the case in my discovery of my understanding of the Indian culture. And I'm talking about the country of India uh, from the perspective of somebody who has grown up in the United States. In the U.S., we were, you know, more so earlier in our existence and now I suppose more of a Judeo-Christian culture, whether it is admitted or not, to live this Western culture and to enjoy the many blessings it provides us is often, I think, um, or at least it can be missed. We take it for granted uh, and unknowingly receive the benefits of our culture as it fits our needs. Allow me to explain a couple of these differences. A few years ago, while traveling outside of Mumbai, India, once, which was once called Bombay, as uh, we were leaving the city, we stopped at one of the now, I think there are three McDonald's, uh, in a population of a city, you know, that has like 18 and a half million people. And uh, we were, I think, you know, it seems like we were just on the outskirt, uh, outskirts of the Mumbai area. No one seemed to be there, by the way, for the cheeseburgers. Um, they were there for the ice cream cones, and there was this long line. I, I remember this long line um, just there to get ice cream cones. While leaving and stepping into the car in the parking lot, this uh, little girl, maybe six years old or so, came up to the window and started uh, begging for money. I'll never forget the look on her face. Of course, after I dealt with my emotions and this desire to want to try to help her, I was quickly reminded of a couple of things from the uh, sales representative from India, uh, who, by the way, lived in his lived his entire life in Mumbai. First, he told me, many of the young children are set up and they're forced to beg, especially to people who they think look like foreigners. And they're forced to do this unwillingly. This not so nice, you know, piece of information for me didn't make me pause to want to help, but actually motivated me to an even higher cause. One which makes me want to stop all child slavery around the globe and to love as Christ loves us. Although I can never solve the problem on my own, I know that I can at least be praying about it. Much of the money, by the way, so I was told, actually goes to the child's owner. And it's not likely at all that the child would see a dime of any of the money that I provided her. Secondly, as I was very, as it was very, oh, carefully explained, the Western idea of karma is simply this, right? Our view of karma is do good or do bad and you'll be paid back accordingly, accordingly in your lifetime. 
But in the Hindu religion, you can be paid back for your good, if you will, or paid back for your bad many lifetimes later. Since reincarnation is real to many Hindus, then being born poor may be the poor result of some misdeed. And this misdeed could be done centuries ago in a previous life. So therefore, as my local representative told me, helping a poor young girl may be helping someone who, and this is really tough to say, who deserves to be poor. In our way of thinking, with our Judeo-Christian ethic, we can be appalled by this, but to understand other cultures and to be immersed in them, we may soon hopefully come to realize our own blessings. And as we realize that we are receiving so much that we do not truly deserve, it just may motivate us even further to love our neighbors. For we are to love as he first loved us, and we are to treat others as we would have them treat us.